1: Go to bombas.com slash acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash acast, code acast.
0: This is the Mark Boris podcast.
2: Uh, good morning. Uh, back, welcome back to the Mark Boris show. Um, this is our number two podcast out of the Triple M today, FM, Austereo, Southern Cross, the whole uh, shoot and match uh, studios, and it's fantastic. Uh, today. Uh, my first guest today is uh, Stephen Jackson from Jackson Road Real Estate. Uh, they're in Ride and hit ride, ride right here in Sydney. Um, they launched in 1957 by Stephen's dad, and he took over in 1991. That Stephen did. Um, they are a residential and commercial real estate and property management company. They've got fifteen working, fifteen staff working in sales, property management, and also admin. I mean, and, and these are this is a typical of a real estate agent in Australia. They they get set up by the family, and the family continue on the business. And I've know plenty of businesses like that in and around the areas that I've lived in in my life, and they're great organisations. They really know how to look after their um, their customers and or their clients. Um, but of course, we have a kick off at eight am, and Stephen was late. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's called uh, Sydney Transport, and
2: uh, what, would, uh, what would you say to your staff member if they turn up late? They do. They do. Yeah. What do you say to them?
0: <laughs> well, actually, in our business, it's uh, not so much of a problem because where they are is not so important as uh, if they're able to talk to people.
2: But, you know, I mean, I, I guess the reason I asked you that question, I'm mm-hmm. not here to put the boot into you, although I did. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it's an important point because the big challenge for organisations like you is these online uh, fee-only type organisations who don't rely where the, the customer in terms of getting their inventory um, these organisations who will compete with the hands-on organisations like yours don't rely on you know, punctuality and those sorts of things. They rely on um, fulfilment online. Whereas the thing that you've got is your advantage is customer care, customer service, being there ahead of the uh, customer who's going to sell the property and or the, the purchaser who's going to buy the property, preparing things, getting things ready. So punctuality is one of the hallmarks of customer service. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, it is of customer service. I guess what real estate agents do is slightly different, all right? And it's probably not something that we would often talk about. But customer service isn't really what our business is about. It's uh, customer fulfillment, which is slightly different. In other words, we're strategists. We, in the property management realm, we uh, stop people having a fight and getting on with, uh, or
2: getting on together, and getting results. You mean together. tenant, tenant versus landlord. Yeah. So do you guys do sales as well? Yeah. 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 As well as management. Yeah. Let me just break it up first. So, the sales part of the business yeah. is the biggest part of the business, or is it more property management the bigger part of the business? In our business, it's probably property management. Property business, management, yeah. and you do property management in in the sort of the ride demographic.
0: Uh, we actually manage from uh, the eastern suburbs out to Penrith.
2: Right, okay. So you have what they call a rent roll. Yeah. Or a number of rent rolls. That's right. And these are great businesses because uh, yeah, people pay their fee to you for you managing their property and they pay every month or you take it out of the rent that's paid by the tenant every that's month. That's right. And you, what you do is you go out then and uh, manage the property. And Managing the property means not any sort of managing disputes uh, but also – um, it's about making sure the place has got a plumber when you need a plumber, the place, make sure that you've got an electrician to fix something up. You know, if there's a problem with the hot water system, that, that's what I'm, is that right? Is that what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, that's the process side, but that's actually not what people pay us for as much as they think that's what they're paying us for. What do they think they're paying you for then? They think they're paying for that. What they are really paying for is so that the tenant and the owner, who are diametrically opposed in what their interests are, actually can work together to get where they want to be. Right, Nona wants no headaches. A tenant wants no headaches. But how they see that being achieved is on usually opposite
2: ends of the coin. Okay, well, I am am i own lots of real estate and uh, I fucking hate property managers, i um, I'll be honest with you, because I don't think they give me any value. Um, not at 7% or 6% or even 5%. Um, mind you, I have enough scale to be able to employ someone in my own office to do it for me. But... Um, I, you know, if I need a plumber or I need an electrician or if I need to put the property up for rent, uh, we'll do it ourselves. Um, in fact, the rental market's so strong these days, um, uh, these days compared to, say, a few years ago, um, I'd never seem to have any difficulty getting the rent I want and or, and or sometimes I get half of it up front. So convince me why people need property managers going forward. It's the
0: same reason they need insurance, and that is that most of the time they don't. So I've had my properties insured, never made a claim on it, but that doesn't make me cancel the insurance. What owners want is to have their backs protected. Right? They don't necessarily it's not necessarily about the money, right? When you when you've got an asset that's worth 1.5 million dollars. Seriously, do you lie awake at night getting upset about 350 bucks? You don't, and yet I've had more owners. So
2: what's the three fee? Oh, that's your fee. No, that's that's fifty.
0: probably what the fight between a tenant and an owner is about. All oh, right, okay. All right, and yet I've had so many owners and so many tenants tell me the same thing. It's about the principle of the thing. My role ends up being more like a divorce lawyer. Right? You sound I like a mediator to me. Point. Yeah, mediators just talk. I have to actually come up with solutions that both parties can live with. In that sense, I'm more like a conciliator than I am a media without getting technical. I'm,
2: that's technical. I'm confused. I don't know the difference. Mediators
0: just talk and hope you come to an agreement with the other person. Conciliators sit there and work out ways and come up with a resolution. It
2: sounds like your rent roll. I mean, does it happen often or, or? No,
0: that's the whole point. What I'm paid for, and I get um, other agents employing me to train their property managers Rent roll is a brilliant business to be in when there are no headaches, Mm. right? I'll admit as a property manager, we can make a lot of money, right? That's what you were saying. But I can also tell you as a property manager, you can have a lot of disasters, a lot of lawsuits, and a lot of fights. And the skill in property management isn't about how to find a plumber. The skill in property management is how to keep tenants how to keep the income going, and how to have people not have sleepless but nights. How do you get
2: scale out of this, Stephen? Like, uh, like, you, but obviously you're good at what you do. How do you scale it up? I mean, uh, if if you, it sounds like you got a, it, sounds like you're uh, like a, a brick whisperer or something, like uh, you know, like a horse whisperer version of for real estate. You I've know, like you're sort of you're corporate. sitting there listening to the issue and get on top of the issue before it occurs and fixes it, fixing it up. But how do you scale yourself? Um, you can teach this skill, can you? Right,
0: yeah. Well, I That's don't even
2: it. fucking understand it. How are you going to teach it? I mean, honestly, and it sounds like an innate. I'm not having a crack. It sounds like it's an innate, personal. Skill of yours. I mean, I, I and look. Like you've I came got from sense. Du- yeah,
0: I came from an industrial background.
2: Yeah, but you but you got heritage. Your family heritage in this business it goes back to 1950s. Look,
0: the one thing about family businesses is they get to take their sons as hostages, and no one comes to
2: free them. I know. I got one of them here. All so, right? and and he has an innate sense. No, no, I know. I know what you're saying because he has an innate sense about things that you can't. He went to university. You can't learn these things. At university, you only get it as a result of sort of growing up with it. Um, and I'd say, I would say you've got the same thing, um, and in that sense. And also you've had some experience in, or working experience in industrial relations with an airline too, it says here on the brief. Yeah, that's right. So you, but how do you replicate that? Because I mean, most people want to get into property management, as far as I'm aware, are younger people who want
0: to become salespeople. Correct.
2: So they use it as a launching pad into becoming yeah. the big 2% guy, you know, yeah, they're going right. to the 2% everybody sell, yeah, selling yeah, thing, which I, by, by the way, it. I think that has got bumps on it and you know, people like purple bricks and all that sort of stuff are Really going to kick the shit out of that over the next few years, and we'll see where it all ends up. agree end, more. Might end up nowhere. Who knows? But I mean, it seems like it's going to it's going to change. There'll be a change for sure. So, how do you get the right people, or more importantly, how do you retain the right people in that environment?
0: Okay, first of all, I do not believe skill is something that's genetic. All right, just as a principle, no, no I'm social uh, development. No, that, but th- th- my point is that it can be taught. Right, You may actually, it, it, like most of the things that you do, which you don't even understand how you did, you at some point you learned it. So mm. just the same way as you learned to walk and you fell over and you got back up and you did it again. Yeah, but I you learned did, to walk at one. Yeah, but here's the point. You didn't sit there and say, I fell over. I mustn't be a walker. Right? And you went along crawling the rest of your life. I'm it's not sure it's
2: something you can be, it can be taught. I think it's something you learned through uh, error, which I'm thinking what you've done is you've well, learned through error. businesses
0: are teaching that error is just learning without a guide, but it is still learning, right? If you sit there and assess what actually worked and what didn't work, and then you say, I'll do more of that and less of the other, that's kind of learning
2: i get it you can learn but I'm, I'm that's what i'm trying to get this scale question out because the scales important mm. an important question particularly for those people listening to this who think about going to do this sort of thing you know scale is important at the end of the day given that um, there are so many competitors in your environment okay Very. a lot of them so you know the game here is to own more and more of these rent roles and to scale up your skill so I might say to you yes I believe you can teach a young person who might be 22 years of age come to your organization you can teach them something I get that you're a mature man. I don't know. Maybe you're fifty plus. Um, you're probably doing this for how many years? Uh, thirty five. Thirty five years. Okay. Rest my case. 30, 35 years. So it, nobody, will, not many people, are going to stay in your industry for thirty five years. Because how many to stay in property management thirty five years is rare, isn't it? Yeah. Most of the go end up becoming a, a you know a, a, a sales guy. How do yeah. you get it? How do you do it? How do you? I mean, I'm asking you. I, I need to know this. I mean, how do you get it? How, how do you teach it? How do you replicate yourself? Okay. Scale. Yeah. This ability to consult, reconcile. Like, Hang on.
0: Did you want to ask the question
2: and answer it as well? Or no, no, I'm, to... no I'm, I'm I'm, building the question. So, no, no, conciliation I get that. is really important. as so you're telling me, that's very important. No, I get but, it too.
0: Okay. Some simple principles of business and the old Plato's principle 2080, right? 80% of that, my success comes from about 20% of what I do, right? And that comes from the skills I've learned as well. So, there's some foundational skills, stuff like the ability to give choice. There's a technique called verbal judo that came out of the US. There's a lot of stuff that's come out of an organisation from Brigham Young University of Psychologists called Vital Smarts uh, which is used by large corporations to teach their staff to have better, more effective conversations.
2: You know what I reckon you should do? I inter- I'm going to interject now. I reckon you should start a business, an online business, which teaches... Property management, new property management people, the skills that you've learned instead of trying to put them in, you might want to put them in your business. Wait a minute. You, you, you just said
0: earlier on that you don't think property management. No, you reckon. No, you, no, no, but hang on. Let me say, do you want to try teaching the crowd I work with? No, that's My your old, job. No, I don't want that job. You don't want that. So you can't, so you're not going to be able to replicate yourself. I, it's not that. You, I'm I've confused gone in. Now. No, well, I've gone into more real estate offices and been asked to teach their staff.
2: Why wouldn't you charge a fee?
0: Yeah, I do. And then you sit there and you realize that the problem is the psychopath at the top. That's
2: all right. You can deal with psychopaths.
0: Oh, yeah. Unless they have a gun. You're talking about but, now. Yeah.
2: What do you think I am?
0: <laughs> Might have picked it. <laughs>
2: but, well, I've done the 22 uh, questions and I take off most the, of them.
0: Yeah, but that—that that is the thing. It, it's not just a question of being able to teach it. It's a question of actually teaching people who want to learn it. And you're right. A well, if someone's th- paying for it, they want to learn it. Yeah, no, they pay for it and they don't want to learn.
2: Well, who gives a shit? I'm talking about a business view. If you want to run a business, I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting am Because I'm in-
0: not that, In look, I'm a small real estate agent, right? You've made millions. There's a reason why we're different. And that is that what I get the kick out of is teaching people who want to learn. My, You've got my background there. What you don't have is the fact that I'm dyslexic, right? I went through school being treated as dumb. I realised very quickly after I got out that learning wasn't about the books. I've got a degree. I was failed in my last year of my degree at New South Wales University for spelling. That's the life I went through, and I don't want to have other people go through that. So anybody I find that wants to learn, I'm happy to teach. Anybody who doesn't want to learn, who thinks I know it all, I'm out of here.
2: Okay, so okay, so you're going to have to go and recruit people who want to learn yep. for your business, yep. and then you've worked out a way of teaching them. Yep. What's your biggest challenge?
0: Yeah, look, everybody asks that, and I have a feeling the biggest challenge is the one that I'm facing right now, and then tomorrow after that's fixed, it'll be another one. What's the one you're facing right now? The one I'm facing right now is actually being voted off the island, so to speak. I uh, mean? Well, when you teach your staff how to do the job, they tell you it's time to yeah, well, and he,
2: There could be any sense in that though? Oh, hell, hell yeah. How, how many, but how that's many a transitioning thing that you have to do. 15 staff, there, there's a mutiny?
0: No, it's not a mutiny. It's more the fact that uh, there's a difference between working on the tools, so to speak, and designing the tools. And probably I'm now uh, at the point where I have to get off the tools because I actually enjoy the property management. I enjoy the selling. And I have to get off that and just do the strategic well, that's a stuff. good thing. That's a good thing. I mean, if you're so a saying, bad,
2: I just said it's hard. Yeah, listen, <laughs> old fella. They're saying, I've heard it before too. Listen, old fella, it's time for you to move on and uh, just going to sit over there in the corner and do a bit of thinking for us. And um, what? don't worry, the business is in good hands. I yeah. presume that's what they're saying. The business is in good hands. And we can do all the, you know, the interfacing between the landlord and the tenant. Yeah. You're going to let them do it? Yeah. I mean, because some people can fall in love with their businesses. Um, do you, are you in love with your business? Are you emotionally attached to it, do you think? I'd have to say yes to that. Yeah. Well, you said you love doing it, so earlier on, I guess you are. So, Not only that, but it's the blood, sweat and tears. That yeah, you're invested your, into it. Yeah, Emotionally invested into it over 35 years, yeah. I think you said, 35 yeah. years. Yeah. So when you become emotionally invested in something, it's very hard to let go. Yeah. And, and sometimes you just need to be prodded a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what my staff are appropriately doing.
2: Any of those your children? No. No, they're just, but I guess you treat them like your family do. You
0: You feel towards, in a small business, you always feel
2: towards your staff. Are they long-termers, most of them? Yeah, uh,
0: look, if you've done property management for four, five, six years.
2: That's a long-termer.
0: Yeah, you you actually need to move on. You probably develop skills that are better used elsewhere.
2: Right. So these people are these people are on average in of three to four, th- somewhere between three and five years. Something like uh, that. There's fifteen of them here. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you going to say to them today when you go back? <laughs> are you going to say to them, "Listen, I, you know, I've been thinking about it. T- talk to that smart ass Boris. Um, I can and, say that. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, you maybe challenged me a little bit, and you know, maybe it's time. You know." Transition? Well, we've already had that talk. It's uh, about actually working out how to do
0: it uh, and actually feeling comfortable with and knowing what you do. Yeah. So, but do, you,
2: but do you think you will? Yeah, I think I will.
0: Today? I think I started it before. As you said, what's the biggest challenge I'm facing right now? That's the biggest. Because well,
2: sometimes it takes someone actually – this is on like a national radio show. There's a national podcast. So uh, there's going to be a couple of hundred thousand people listening to this. Thank some, you of for are, some of which, some no, that's fine. No, because I no, I endorse what you do. I'm saying to you what you do is good. Right. It's good. Yep. But you're also saying on on a national podcast that you're thinking now about going back to your staff today and continuing the transition that you've already started thinking about. That's right. <clears throat> and some of some of your staff may even be listening to this. I presume. We'll will listen to this when we release it this afternoon. Um. So that's sort of quite a good purge or cleansing i mean in some respects it's very important sometimes just to say it to somebody this is what i'm going to do yeah uh, if it's been something you've been struggling with i'm saying you know no no, i agree and it's so-
0: and it's probably something you have to say every day right as you start to revert back because you're changing habits not just thinking
2: yeah you're changing the way your brain works yeah so that, that's interesting so that's for me despite um you know I think thinking you thought, me of a property manager is not worth my money. No, 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 no. no I didn't say that. But been, despite you thinking that I've been trying to beach up, I haven't. It's probably that shirt you got on. It's got me. It's got all the red colours, and it's got my 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 brain working. But, um, but despite that, I think that something good's come out of this, and it's, and I feel good about it. That you've actually hit on the very, the single most important thing in your business's ability to flourish mm. is to actually give your staff who have been there for a long time, who you've trained, who you've originated, who you've retained, who you put blood, sweat, and tears into, giving them the ability and empower them now to take over the business to, to the extent that you can just sit back and monitor and watch and supervise and help out and, uh, mentor. Yeah. You can mentor them. Yeah. That's a good name. We should call the show the mentor. There you Cause go. Cause I feel as though I've just, uh, I never wrong when we have colorful shirts. Well, colourful shirts are good. But I, I actually, you know, I'm glad you didn't come with some boring fucking outfit like I've got. i got a white shirt and blue pants on as usual. You know, I'm gonna, I'm that's like a uniform for me. I just put it on every day. It's like going to school. And and you're you're expressing to me that you're a bit of a as soon as you walked in the place, right? I, yeah. I can see your age. No one else can. I can see your age, around about. I can guess it. Um being the property manager my immediately and the but you've come and dressed the way you are, sleeves rolled up. I I immediately did what everybody does. I did an assessment of you, right? Yep. I assessed you, okay? And you've actually surprised me. You totally surprised me. You even surprised me by, by being late. That might have been just jamming it up me. That that was good too, which is why I couldn't resist having a crack at you. But you've surprised me. I was here before eight. It's your lift system that doesn't
0: let you in. You know? yeah, yeah.
2: And, but, but you've surprised me. And, and that's it's a good surprise, a pleasant surprise, a, a good surprise. And the thing you surprised me about was being able to admit that you've been struggling, which most people, particularly men, would not be able to admit – struggling to let go of the control of your business to those people who are, have been trained by you and are well-suited to run the business and yeah. capable. Yeah, That empowerment is important. Yeah. I'm going to say to you, thanks very much for coming in. It's a pleasure. And thanks for the opportunity to hear what was deep inside of you. Thanks, Stephen. Mel Maloney. Okay, Mel. It's called Mel Maloney. Your business is called Mel Maloney Property Styling. Launched day 2012. Um, you are property styling for clients putting their homes on the market for sale, mm-hmm. I presume for rent. I'm oh, not, know, probably for sale. And it's just you yes. with some contractors. You've got removalist, extra help styling, et cetera. But you're, you're the main guy. You're the main guy in the business. That's your business. That's um, right. You started your own property styling business five years ago after retraining with your, when your kids started school. I love that. Mm-hmm. you got a warehouse full of sofas, bed, chairs, basically inventory to go in the house. That's right. You run the business yourself, paying contractors for the same delivery company who transports your products to the house of sale. You have 70% of your business leads come from existing relationships you have with real estate agents. So that means you're out on the road, knocking on doors, wearing out the shoe leather.
3: That's right.
2: So, Mel, um, business is good?
3: Yeah, it's um it ha- it has been an unusual year in the last year. Um the property market was a little bit shaky with everything else that was going on. It was definitely a vendor's market in the last year. Um but yeah, business is good right now.
2: So, what you mean by that is that you're getting plenty of requests to style up apartments and or houses. That's right. Um for sale.
3: For sale and also increasingly for rent as well.
2: And for rent. So, yes. like people uh, is that because uh people want to rent the house with the furniture in it or they just want to know what a house looks like when there is furniture in it before they rent it?
3: They want to attract a premium tenant who's going to stay for a long time and pay good rent and take good care of it. So by presenting a premium property, they tend to attract those kind of clients.
2: Okay, so if I'm buying if an apartment in um, Darlinghurst, yes, three-bedroom apartment, balcony, mm-hmm. uh, car space, um, empty, yep. and uh, let's say I bought it for... One point five million, which is probably about around about the money. Um, how would you style it, and what it was? What's going to cost me? Now, don't tell me what you're going to put in the joint, but what I mean by it is what's going to cost me, and you know, what would you say I'm going up market, Mark, or I'm going to get middle market? I mean, how do you work that stuff out?
3: Well, there's a few factors that I would take into account. I would look who the tar- target demographic is. I would consider what. Um, well, let's I- say I want
2: fifteen hundred bucks a week rent. It's one point I- five million dollar property, five percent return. One point that's fifteen hundred dollars a week. So, oh. you tell me you already now know I want a fifteen hundred dollars a week tenant. Yep. So it could be a family or a, a, a corporate guy, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you know what I'm looking for. Tell me what you're going to do now.
3: Okay, so it's going to cost you around five to six thousand dollars for to six p- weeks
2: f- for furniture, for furniture so re- and
3: art and everything else. Right.
2: Okay. It's so the whole thing. Is it knives and forks and or uh, crockery uh, or, or well,
3: no, it's it's everything that you would see when you walk in, right. not necessarily what's inside the drawers. Right. Um, and, and the idea with property styling is that you want to present it in its best possible light. So as good as it can ever look, and you also want to be showing people how would they, how they would live there. So I would certainly, if it had a great big balcony, that's, you know, a great feature in the city. Barbecue. Barbecue, um, a great big table to have all your friends over, some beautiful plants so that you can have a bit of greenery in the city. I basically highlight all the best parts of your apartment and let people imagine how they could live there.
2: Right. So. Do you think if I let it didn't put anything in it and I still ask for the fifteen hundred dollars a week rent, would I get the same outcome as compared to if you put your five thousand dollars worth of furniture in it?
3: I think you're gonna get a better tenant quicker who will Better pay tenant m- means what? Someone who's gonna stay for a long term and take a good take good care of your asset. So not damage the walls, not bring in pets, you know. How does that
2: work, Mel? I mean, how does furniture in the place mean I get a better quality tenant, like someone who's a bit more responsible? How does it work?
3: Because the people who are less concerned with how their property looks and taking Mm. care of it are not going to be as swayed by the property styling. You know, they're happy to just take an empty place that looks pretty grungy and pay a little bit less. Whereas, you know, the more quality tenant who takes good care of the place, likes it to look good... They're the ones who see that it's been styled and it looks great and they want that property and so they're willing to pay up and they're willing to um, pay rent in advance just to ensure that they secure it.
2: Okay. I'm going to accept that – I'm going to accept what you just said as being correct. Okay. But just, just bear with me for a second then. How many properties since 2012 have you styled?
3: For rent or for sale?
2: Uh, either way. It doesn't really matter.
3: For rent, it's probably only 10 because that's that's – Yep. Uh, that's a new thing um, for sale, I would say two
2: hundred and fifty okay so let's say let's just take 250 as an example
3: mm-hmm.
2: And for your proposition to hold true um, I'm a sort of bloke I love statistics. okay so I would say to you, Mel, of your two hundred and fifty for sale clients where yes. you have stylized for sale, have you done any surveys or any analytics? from the vendor and or the purchaser that backs up your proposition that you just made to me
1: yes absolutely okay
2: so tell me about that because that's what convinces me and I'm interested in going on your website for example I, if I was looking you know I wouldn't I want to see a endorsements from people yes you know five stars six stars two stars whatever mm-hmm. refer, refer referrals and B I would like to see you say something like oh my 250 clients you know t- 249 have said I definitely got a better price now tell me how you go about that
3: I haven't statistically formulated a table as such, but um, I I know that in, I would say, 90% of cases, people have achieved a greater result than they thought they would, and they've sold quicker than they thought they would. How do you know that, though? Because I ask them.
2: And how do you know that they're just not convinced that you're a good person, a nice person, and uh, they don't want to tell you shit?
3: Uh, well, I ask the agents when I go in and I do my proposal. And, you know, that gives me an idea of the level of styling required. Obviously, the level of styling for a $500,000 apartment is not the same for a $6 million waterfront property. Yeah, and sure. so I style accordingly. So I know from the agent what the price point is, what they've been quoted. And then, you know, in most cases, I can see through just a general web search what they went for or the clients tell me. So I'm getting that information from at least two sources.
2: Because I can see in here that you're looking at uh, scaling your business.
3: I'm at that sort of tipping point now where I either need to um, stay lean, which was my plan when I first set out. So that lean I, I, means what? I have low overheads. So when, I'm, when business is good and I'm making lots of money, which is typically spring and autumn, um, yes, I'm paying out for more for contractors, but when business is dead in you know, Christmas, December, January, my overheads are really low. So I keep lean during those times.
2: Right. So we'll come back to the, Starling, the scale question. Um, but if you're trying to get more agents, um, mm-hmm. your ability to slog it out on the streets is going to be limited because in, it's a sort of a, um, a, um, a time cost. Um, analysis. Um, you can only do so many steps in a day and so many mm-hmm. days in a week, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And of all the places you knock on, you're going to get a, a success rate. So you might get one in two, one in four, or one and five agents you meet, you might be successful at. Yep. I don't know what your stats are. but if, So therefore, the only way to do this to scale is up and mm-hmm. get more agents contacting you yes. first, before you go and employ people. Second, is that you need to have it on a website. And the first thing that people are going to look for is Um, metrics. Yes. How will you go about that?
3: I guess I will just take more detailed um, analysis from here on in of, of what the vendor is expecting to get. What they actually achieve, and and also the days on market, because um, in a, in a market like today, pretty much everything is selling, and things are selling quickly, and that's great. Yeah,
2: every boat every boat floats on a rising tide. Yes, that's but, an old saying, <laughs> but that's really important one to remember.
3: Well, there are still some properties that have something fundamentally wrong with them, and and they they don't sell. That's yeah. still the same. But say two or three years ago, that wasn't the case. You know, there were a lot of properties that were sitting on the market for a long time, and in those times. I believe property styling is just as important because you want to attract competition immediately and get it off the market straight away because, as you know, once something sits on the market for a while, it kind of goes stale and and people think, oh, you know, why has nobody else wanted it? Is there something wrong with it? So I think in those times, you know, it's not always just about what you get. It's also about ensuring that you sell and sell quickly.
2: You are, to me, and I'm not having a crack at you, you're a typical small business person Mm -hmm. who has good instincts who's very good at what she does. She's likable and affable. I can tell it just from talking to you. And your customers, your real estate agents currently like dealing with you. And also you take the pain out of it for them. So yes. they don't have to do this shit. You, you're going to do it for them, okay? <laughs> and they're going to say, let's, let's ring Mel up. She'll sort out, bang, dumb, because you know, real estate agents are looking for the least line of resistance. And they're sort of saying, she's reasonable price. She's got a good success rate. Uh, she's got good taste. I like her.
1: Should be the, easy to deal get, with with the get client. It done. You yeah, know,
2: it's done. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good for a one-person show.
1: Yes,
2: you want to scale your business up, you going to get more technical. Okay,
3: that's right.
2: That's what, and this is where it's gonna. And and by the way, don't read Malcolm Gladwell's fucking book called The Tipping Point, because okay. it's all bullshit. Okay, <laughs> okay, I'm serious. All right, because you said Tipping Point, and yes. you know, it's one of those things. You know, Gladwell talks about the tipping point, and and he talks about things like. Uh, he talks about scalability. He doesn't use scalability. He talks about, um, what does he talking about? Um, he uses a physics concept. You know, and I'm a mad science re- reader. Mm-hmm. And he, he uses a physics concept, which is a concept used about uh, um, viral um, um, explosions where you can introduce something into a, a glass of water and stir it and it, you'll see it disperse. It disperses. It's, like mm-hmm. a, it's a physics concept.
3: Like an exponential. Curve. Yeah, and he
2: just said, like, yeah. I, can drop, I can drop sugar into a glass mm-hmm. of water and the, the sugar will drop at the bottom of the glass. Right. When I do something, it disperses it so it actually becomes viral. Mm-hmm. Like it goes everywhere. Yep. He uses that in some sense in this book called The Tipping Point because I've read exp- excerpts out of it, which he says sh- you should apply to business. Well, a lot of, a lot of horseshit. I mean, it's just – it's salesmanship, so I would, I would, I would caution you or counsel you mm-hmm. as you're a friendly person. I would counsel you back that way. Don't rely on that sort of stuff, okay? Okay. Be scientific yourself. Yes. Don't rely on someone else's science. So let's take the word tipping point out. You're at a point now where you want to grow your business. Yes. And you're trying to work out should I grow it now? In other words, should I make invest in? the money mm-hmm. and growing it now. Mm-hmm. Investing in the money means should I go and get staff or should I buy more furniture or should I get a bigger warehouse or all, all of the above? above. Yeah. Right. So should I make the capital investment now um, in order to um, get the bigger revenue down, down the track? That's
1: okay. right.
2: Before you do that, my advice to you is you've got to work out how you scale yourself. Yes. Because right now I see the person I just described two minutes ago as being the key to this business. You're like the kid in the under sixes. Give Mel the ball. Mel will score every time because you run around the back, okay?
3: But Mel can't do everything.
2: But now we're playing in NRL. Yes. Okay? That's a 13-man game with four guys sitting on the bench. So you've got to work out how do you put that together. That's right. The second thing is I would say to you, so scale yourself. So you do that through the internet. And to do that through the internet, you've got to have a whole lot of tools in there Mm -hmm. that people can get on there and quickly work out that this business is Mel. And I don't mean Mel the person, but this business is everything that Mel stands for. And it can be replicated yes it's first thing so you need that'll originate new customers for you. the second thing is the execution part um, how do I execute Mel needs to have some subjects, some disciples yes or apostles yes, and I have a view on these things you need something like I mean and he was pretty smart the old fellow Jesus um he got twelve and but there is a there is some smarts around that today. Most big businesses have somewhere between six and 12 senior people who run the business and they build disciples below them. Mm-hmm. So the so-called apostolate, the main guy. So you need to sort of start to work out how am I going to find a couple of people who are going to be me? Yes. Okay. People have a good instinct about space and style. You need to dissect yourself, mm. find out who these people are. Yes. That's really important. Okay. And the final thing is timing. You said something very important before. Uh, Last year was a good year. This year's a little tougher. Uh,
3: Last year was a bit tougher. Last year was 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 erratic. It didn't follow the usual patterns. Okay,
2: so the timing of when you do this, because, I mean, you can't beat the market. There's an old saying, do not try to beat the market. Yes. You roll with the market. You roll with the momentum of the market thing you need to decide for yourself now I don't give a shit how good you do all this stuff, how well you execute, whether or not you can get your apostolate in there, whether or not you can get you know uh, four mails and you can get the internet up up and running the website up and running really beautifully and you can get all the metrics up there, et cetera. If the market turns and the amount of stock in the market disappears for some reason because usually it disappears is the reason the market disappears, stock on the market disappears is when the market dysfunctions. when the market dysfunctions, usually because the buyers and the vendors, can't meet on a price. Mm. So there's a, uh, 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 they dissimulate. So right now it's a vendor's market because buyers are just going to pay the price. Yes, So they're going to meet. Okay. But when something like interest rates go up or wages go down or there's a recession or governments intervene or whatever the case may be, is which is sort of where we're heading at the moment, Yeah, you get a vendor expecting a much higher price because that's what they've been getting. And you get a buyer saying, no, no, I'm not going to pay that price anymore because there's been a change.
3: Mm.
2: When that happens, that disassociation that dissociation point, yes, it's not a good time to invest, no, because you're going to be sitting there, like a lots of money going piss. out, yeah, yeah, you've been waiting for it to be, it will come back, it the will. market will come back, it'll restructure itself price wise, and it'll start to flow again. But what you don't want to be is the person who's investing a whole lot of capital waiting for that to happen because you never know how long it's going to take, that's right, no one can tell you that because markets, markets perfect themselves. We can't. Governments can't. Nobody can. Mm-hmm. Markets just perfect themselves. Okay, so I would say to you, have a good think about that because you've got you've got a better sense of this than me because you know the flow of business at the moment. Yes. Um, talk to the agents. Just get a sense of whether or not the market's starting to change before you make your capital investment.
1: Because
2: mm. I guess you've got to buy a lot of, whole lot more furniture. Yes. And and, probably, and get a bigger
3: warehouse, and, and, bigger and that's warehouse. a significant cost.
2: I would have. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like a big capital cost. You're probably talking hundreds of thousands of dollars here which, you know, you've got to make your money work for you because that's your, that's your capital and, mm-hmm. and you, now that'll become inventory or your furniture and all the other stuff around. That it becomes your capital and you've got to make that work for you and it works for you through flow, business flow. That's right. And you can't change your business flow. Um, you can't make the market give you the business flow that's not in existence. Yes. And aggregate demand for your services is there despite how hard you try. Yes. It's, it's always fixed. there, one way there. That's either coming through at 100 miles an hour, or it's coming through at 90 miles an hour, 80 miles. You do not control that. No. You just want to know when it is coming through 100 miles radio or, or 90. That you're the person gets selected first. Mm. Then that comes down to what your website says. Yeah, I just want funny. to ask you a question, just on websites and uh, social and sort of stuff. I looked you up. You're not on Instagram. No. Why not?
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I am a one man band trying to do too many things and I'm spread too. You don't bad. have the time. I don't have okay. the time.
2: Um. Yep. But can I? But just a suggestion to you. Um, Instagram you can set up in like
3: I twenty know. minutes. I have a seventeen-year-old daughter. Okay. I should get her to do it.
2: Well, no, you know, you should get her to show you how to do it, so you can continue to do it. But yeah. every single time, you, you know, your yours is your business is about light color movement. Yes. And um, and I'm, I've never seen anything you stylize, but I guess you're stylizing well, and you're probably doing some quite beautiful stuff. Yes. Um, when you're walking out of the place, do you ever take a photo?
3: I always take photos. Oh my
2: God, Mel! So you, you're taking a photo, but you're not putting it up on Instagram.
3: I have access to all the high-resolution files from the estate agents, so yes, I have it there. It's just a matter of putting it Mel, into practice. I know, I know. All you have to do is
2: <laughs> uh, all you have to do is log in, Load and you know what? Well, you just you press the little camera icon, and and you can even put a comment on there if you like. You don't even have to put a comment on there. Yeah. But it's your business name, your photograph, and it's up there forever.
3: I know, you're hundred percent right.
2: What's one of the first things you're going to do this week?
3: Go and get an Instagram page.
2: <laughs> it's just talk to your daughter. You got a phone? You got an iPhone?
3: <laughs> I've got a phone. I know how to use Instagram. I do use Instagram. You look at, I just you haven't look at other people's done it Yeah, I do.
2: <laughs> Have you looked at any other styling Instagram accounts? Uh, yes. Yep. Tell me one. Do you know one? Um, you a
3: lifestyle is one. Okay. So,
2: um, and style, by the way, is one of the most uh, obvious things that go on Instagram. Like it is is probably the most used segment of Instagram there is mm-hmm. there's nothing because it's very visual so um you you are following somebody else
1: yes <laughs> okay
2: Well, that gets me so um, if you want to scale yourself you've got to start doing that and it's fun actually it's quite fun
3: yeah yeah no, no I know i it's it's um it's I'm at that point where if I'm gonna go forward and actually get less hands off In terms of the actual styling, and do more of the marketing, more of the managing staff, um, you know, getting bigger in that sense. That there is a bit of a interim period where you're not realising the economies of scale. It's a bit like when you're buying a new house. It doesn't make sense to get a house that's a little bit bigger because you're paying stamp duty, you're paying all your removals costs, you're redecorating, you've got all those costs. So really, you want to do it when you're making a reasonably large jump. So if if I am going to do that and I'm going to go on to the next stage, I've sort of got to prepare myself for the fact that there'll be a year to two years where I will have excess capacity um, that I probably won't be able to fill with demand, and I just have to ride that out.
2: First thing you're going to do by the end of this week, because I'm asking this of everybody, what's one thing you're going to do by the end of this week? Today's Wednesday. Metrics. Mm -hmm. Instagram. Instagram should be the first.
3: Okay, Instagram first. Metrics from clients, and then I guess.
2: How do you do, do so metrics is mathematical, so I mean Mm -hmm. I, I just wonder whether you need to get, Talk to someone about you know how you do that. Um,
3: um, yeah, I do actually have an economics background. I have a okay. degree in marketing, and I worked in the financial markets before I had a career change. So, um, yes, you, you I understand would, it. Yeah, yeah, I understand it. I yeah. probably need an expert to do it. But yeah, but it you know, wouldn't take long. Reas- yeah, no, I have yeah. a reasonable understanding of, of what the findings will show. Right. Um, and what I need to do. And
2: updating it. it's not that hard to keep it updated. No. It's just an algorithm. You just you just put in the inputs every every time you do a sale. Yep. And just keep keep developing and keep developing it. Um, and, and you could also always quote your metrics at the bottom of your Instagram page. You could also, so at the, at, at, at your Instagram, you can actually refer back to your buyer. Mm-hmm. So you so there's a beautiful picture of this, my place in Darlinghurst, $1.5 million. You've just decked it out. It looks Awesome. Um, you can, uh, then put it up on Instagram and then you, when I, and someone looks at it, Hugh looks at it Hugh goes, wow, that's a cool apartment. And it refers him back to your bio, which is at the top of your page of your Instagram account. And mm-hmm. He goes straight to your website and then on the website, has got all your metrics and Hugh says, well, I'm going to use this bird next time. Yeah, yeah. I love her. She's awesome. Mel.
3: Yeah. Cool. Well, it's a great return on investment. You know, history has shown that I was, I was just having a chat outside the studio with somebody and they were telling me that for an investment of, Six thousand dollars they believe it added one hundred and fifty, so it's an excellent return on your investment yeah
2: well I'm one of your cheerleaders um so one question what, what question you got for me you got a question for me
3: when do you think is going to be the right time for me to scale up in,
2: the, in, in broad, with, so you asked me a question about your property market yes hmm. i i I think there's potential volatility in the property market only because there's a lot of interference um, it's become political and everyone's going to interfere with the property market for a while mm-hmm. so um, I wouldn't invest a lot of capital. i try to scale maybe by changing the uh, the metrics, building a website and doing mm-hmm. Instagram and those sorts of things, but I wouldn't go out and spend a whole lot of money on a new warehouse and a whole lot of furniture. This whole question is do I, I spend now to get the money back later or do I spend later when the money starts coming in, which means I'm going to have this hassle of chasing or backfilling, what they mm. call backfilling.
3: Well, I need, this, I need the furniture there to satisfy what I've quoted yeah. as well.
2: So there's a – do I just do it? I would. I would invest slowly right. in this current market because okay. I don't really feel confident that this market is not going to get interfered with by governments.
3: Is that with overseas buyers or stamp everybody, duty everybody, or everybody, every, negative everything. gearing,
2: Cap, uh, capital gains, negative gearing, stamp duty, overseas buyers? interest rates mm-hmm. uh, lending who's who can borrow money uh, investor bo- lenders lending uh, it's just it's become very political every time I turn the ABC on there's something on there every night' mm. there's something about a house a lack of affordability of housing they're yep. putting political pressure on the government um, and it's you know it's labor Party driven
3: mm. well it's very emotive it's, yeah totally it's, yeah. and
2: um, you know when a fireman can't afford to live in Sydney yet he's expected to put out fires in Sydney that's that's or an Ambo mm. I mean how emotive is that Mm-hmm. Um, so my gut feeling is that something's going to come out of all this. And, uh, you know, right now the regulators, the one they're relying on to put pressure on the banks. So that's going to be the issue. I'm a lender myself. I know the changes in the way the process is going. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, I can tell you now that there's going to be some major changes come. I don't know what they're going to be, when they're going to come, et cetera, yes. but they're going to come. So I would invest slowly mm-hmm. and I would invest minimally Right. And I'll wait to see the new business come through, revenues come through. Then I'll start invest some of that new revenue.
3: Okay, just turn it around.
2: Don't, don't invest your own revenue. Invest the new revenues.
3: Right.
2: Mel, you've been awesome. Thanks very much. Thank you. This has been the Mark Boris Podcast. You can follow Mark on Twitter at Mark Boris. And find out more at markboris.com.au.